Hello guys, welcome to Kickback. I want to say a big thank you to all the listeners so far. I think we might have crossed over the 1 billion mark now. So thank you very much for all that. Let's keep it growing. And uh, this week, I decided to not have anyone in the studio again. Not because I have issues with people being in front of my face, but you know, I have an A-list celebrity phone book apparently. And when I was going through, I was thinking, who should I pick this week? I realized none of them wanted to speak to me, so I went to the C list and the D list, realized none of them wanted to speak to me. So that left me with one, Mr. Joe Hart. So please sit back, kick back, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. Chiefy. Oh, here he is, here he is. The man, the myth, the legend. How are you, Paul? I'm all good. Yeah, that's good. Um, before we begin, I want to yeah. just start off. That's it. Well, just so you know, everything's been recorded now, so don't say anything silly. But I'm going to start <laughs> off by putting some respect on your name and letting people know exactly who you are, okay? Right, okay. So I went on to the internet. I asked Siri, I asked Google, all that stuff. So yeah. stop me if I'm wrong at any point here. Yeah, okay. Apparently, you've got two Premier League titles. You have one yeah. FA Cup, yeah. two League Cups. Yep. Two World Cup appearances, two yep. European Championship appearances, yep. three times Premier League Keeper of the Year, yep. and 75 cats for England, making you the second highest um, appearance maker in goal for England ever. Is that is that right? I, I think so. I'll uh, take your word for it. Must be nice. Joint second. David yeah, yeah, yeah. Joint second. No, joint second. No, hold on. I think it was anyone else. There was Shilton's got the most. Yeah, then it might be me and Seaman. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not too bad. I think a few no. people thought Seaman was quite good for England, so that's not too bad <laughs> at all. Yeah, so overall, mate, that um that must be nice, and uh, that's not that's not really a bad career so far, is it? Thus far, still still, still hopefully plenty more to come. But yeah, so far, I've been of course, of course. Great. You're 32 now, is it? Or 33? 32, mate. Ah, you've got at least another 10, 15 years in the bag left. <laughs> exactly. I've been resting the last two years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Honestly, though, do you not ever just think about all the stuff you want and just sit back and think, like, I'm the man? Never. But <laughs> but it does take being away from winning stuff to make you realise that, oh, shit. Because you just, when you're in it, you just presume that's, that's normal life, but it's not. Yeah, I see you. And, you know, with that in mind... Hopefully today we're going to talk about your career and some of the things that aren't necessarily written on your Wikipedia page. Are you good okay. with that? So I'm good, yeah. So let me begin. I'll like give you a bit of trivia first, and I think you should know the answer to this. Right. The number 2,869 added to a name, Lee Shearer. What does that mean? 2,869. Yep. And the name Lee Shearer. Added- 2,869. No idea. Yeah, 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 I thought as much. Well, that was the attendance on your debut for Shrewsbury <laughs> Town in what is, is it the fifth year? Uh, what did I make my debut in? In, in the conference, yeah, the Conference, fifth year. yeah, on a midweek. And it, Lee Shearer was the first person to score against you as a professional. Did you know that? <laughs> I didn't know. Graves End though, one all. Well, got sent off. Yeah, that, oh, so you remember that bit now, do you? All right, okay, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, that's uh, that's that seems a long, long time ago, Joe. To be honest, considering all the stuff you've achieved since then. So when was it? Two thousand and three. Yeah, I think two thousand and three. Yeah, that's uh, that's. I did. I don't think when you probably played that game there, many people thought that you'd be having the career that you had. Would you say? <laughs> I'd say so, yeah. yeah that's, that's that's not too bad at all. But from there, obviously, you played a few more games and then you yeah. went to City, didn't you? Yeah. What type of club was City then? Because I don't think a lot of people really realise how different it potentially was back then compared to what it is now because now it feels like a juggernaut. But back then, how would you describe it? City was your club. City was a club that, um, that promoted youth. They were very proud of what they did. Um... And they were existing in the Premier League. They, they weren't they weren't basement scrappers, but they were a team that um, I think the whole season was based around establishing that they weren't going to go down, and then look to kick on from there and hopefully get as close to tenth or eighth as they possibly could. Who was the Who was the manager? Stuart Pearce. Ah, was he the one that brought you in? 
He was the one. He was the one and only, yeah? And were you playing yeah. under him straight away or, or were you on the bench? Nope, there was there was no intention to be playing. I was under no illusions <laughs> when I came. Um, it was, it was, um, the goal, Tim Flowers really liked me, wanted to bring me in. Um, I was just thought, what an amazing opportunity. I, I, I was given no promises, nothing. Um, in fact, I was probably going to be three. It was to learn from David James, but then obviously, well, not obviously, but he, he left that same window. Uh, and Stuart bought Andreas Isaacson in. Nicky uh, Weaver was already there. Yes. And then Isaacson got injured straight away. So Weaves was playing and I was on the bench. I couldn't believe it. On the bench, at, um, Chelsea, the Chelsea were the champions on the time, at the time and I was on the bench at Stamford Bridge. Couldn't believe what I was seeing. Drogba scored two or three. I can't remember, but I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. This is awesome. That seemed about right. Drogba scoring two or three against us back then. That, oh, was, that was pretty much the go-to, wasn't it? He was fire. Drogzilla. Did you ever hear him get called that? Yes, yeah. I call it regularly. He's my favourite striker. Yeah, well, um, you mentioned Andres Isaacson, yeah? Yep. There was, I, I, just the other day, I was having a, I was thinking back to those times because obviously I knew I was going to be speaking to you. And yeah. this wild idea came into my head. I need you to tell me whether or not this actually happened. But did oh, we man. once have a manager who had three goalkeepers and he couldn't decide who was number one? So which goalkeeper played was it eight games? Seven, me, Casper, and um, Andreas. Seven games each, and then he just decided who's going to play the remainder of the season. Did that actually happen? It, it happened. Twenty-second game of the season, and uh, yeah, he said who was going to play. And who was it? Myself. Are you, oh, it was you that got the got the nod, yeah. I got the nod, and then played the rest of that season with Sven, and then obviously he left. Um, <sighs> Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes came in, did everything he could on this physically possible to sign a goalkeeper but no one would sign <laughs> no one would sign in the summer okay so then i played and then he, he battled all jan all january and he got um shay in the end yeah, that's wild to think that we had three goalkeepers like that who were all given the opportunity like i was obviously very lucky because i was playing in fr i was playing in front of them and i thought all three of you were very good but yeah. to actually go through that spell of having playing seven games that's all you had like the ultimate dress rehearsal. If you don't do well, then uh, you know it's not. Maybe it's not going to work out. But, yeah, it was nuts. But it was um, it was a, a different a different mindset and different age of like, it wasn't seven to prove to let myself down. It was seven to just I'm getting seven games in the prem. Absolutely <laughs> buzzing. I'll have a roll round, see what happens. Yeah. And uh, what there was literally no worst case scenario for me. Not one. Even if I wasn't playing, it's not like I had. 200 games under the belt, pushing for an England place, and it would have totally destroyed what my momentum. It, it wouldn't. It was just like, let's see what happens. Yeah. Who would have thought as well that amongst those three goalkeepers back then, that two of you would go on to win the Premier League? I know. And I know. It, and, it would, and, it would, and one of them was me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, how, how did you sneak in that? And you've ended up with two of them. That's impossible. I honestly don't know. I don't know. Casper was... You, you know what his abilities. Yeah, obviously, it's it never really quite worked for Andreas. He, he played, I think, over 150. I think he's a record holder playing for Sweden and went on to play for some pretty interesting clubs afterwards. But um, <laughs> Interesting, okay. Yeah. But Casper, but, but I, I, I couldn't really get my head around the fact. I knew Casper as a goalkeeper before I arrived, but then I came in and realised that I was potentially bringing in, bought in ahead of him. I was like, what? <laughs> what are they doing? He's, he's, he's class. Yeah. He's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he's but, very good. Because Casper was in my youth team, and I remember yeah. up until he didn't join until under seventeen, I think maybe under eighteen, and we had this yeah. other goalkeeper. Um, do you remember him, Ashley Timms? I do. <laughs> so, yeah, let's say no more. The laugh says it all. And he was yeah. he was delighted with himself how good he was. And then he came like, to Shrewsbury. Not did he? Telling you. Yeah, he came um, uh, as an emergency emergency loan because we only had two goalies and the subkeeper at the time got injured, so he did like a two week period. Yeah, seems about right. But he uh, he was really feeling himself, and then there was this rumor: oh, Casper Schmeichel's joining. Everyone's like, oh, is that Peter Schmeichel's son? Like, yeah, oh, I wonder if he'll be any good. And he came; he was amazing. And then Tim, <laughs> yeah. Timsey was done; like his whole career was finished <laughs> at seventeen. But do you know that season when three of you played? You yeah. said you got the nod, but I think you missed one game. Do you remember which one it was? Yeah, the very last game of the season. Yeah, and how was that game, Joe? What's do you remember oh, what the score oh. it was? I remember it. It was at the at the Riverside. It was eight one. Yeah, it was eight one. It was eight one. And, what a game to and dodge! I remember, and I remember Andreas. Uh, he Sven gave him the game because it was out of, out of respect, and 
what a good pro he'd been and stuff like that because I think he was on the bench and he actually did not have a bad game. There were some of the best goals <laughs> I've ever seen. Even Alano's goal for us was an absolute yeah. banger with his back. But he was playing right back though. Imagine a number 10 playing right back at the time. <laughs> That's insane. But yeah, that, those were, you know, those were good times. Those were really good times. Was it the year Definitely. after when you went on loan to Birmingham? No, the year after Hughes came in, like I say, he did everything the everything humanly possible. I think he was trying to find, sign Brad Friedel uh, from Blackburn. Yeah, but it it just wouldn't happen. Um, and we'd we'd qualified for the Europa League with Sven uh, on the fair play or something. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Like yeah. That. yeah, that's the one. Um, least yellow cards or something. That's and we one. went right the way through. We we qualified. We went through. Do you remember the Faroe Islands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never forget. Like the sun never set. Like, yeah, just bizarre. In, just being at the hotel and goats were outside the window at like two in the morning. <laughs> I'm used to that, you know. What I'm <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is true. <laughs> but the reason I mentioned the Birmingham loan was yeah. obviously you went on loan there, and I was still at City at the time. And do you remember what happened in the game at the City of Manchester? Yeah. So the five five nil. Uh, it might have been. I think you. They might have scored, but I technically scored one and a half goals in that game, and it just so <laughs> happened that you weren't in goal for it. <laughs> You'll never score past me. I know, no, no, no. We'll get back to this. We'll get back to this. I think I will. I think I will. But I remember in that game, you very cleverly decided that you weren't going to play because I, I wasn't was allowed to play. You very cleverly decided that you weren't going to play because I. You decided that you weren't going to play. You shirked out. You had Etihad fever or whatever it was, and you couldn't do it. <laughs> but do you remember Tevez stole a goal off me? No. Right. So here we go. Here's the story. So I had a header from a corner. And it's like bounced off his foot, but it was going in the goal anyway. And he ran off <laughs> celebrating. Ball didn't even like deviate from his path, bounced off, whatever. I thought it was my goal till half time. I was running off celebrating, showing Roberto Mancini that I was really pleased with him. Um, <laughs> but not really. And then in the second half, this is the one which I'm surprised you didn't remember. I had a ball, I was dribbling out from the back and I tried to play a ball to Adebayor, but it was the worst pass I've ever played. And as it left my foot, I knew it was horrendous. So I just ran after it myself and played myself through on goal. And then slotted in from the edge of the box, left foot, bottom corner. I actually do that. was past Mike Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> Not knowing what to do, because I obviously came to the game to support Birmingham strokes, you guys, and I just melted into the floor. Yeah, that's, it's a tough, that's a tough experience there. Unfortunately, like, mm. although we're taken away from the shine that I did score one and a half goals in, the, in that game, I've also <laughs> been to that stadium and watched my team get relegated before, which is really, really awkward. Like, oh, exceptionally yeah. awkward. It's definitely not the place to be anymore unless you're playing for Man City. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a bit it's a bit different there. Like going back a few years, do you remember were you there with Piercy when or Stuart Pierce when we didn't score a goal at home from February through to the end of May? Yeah, I was a part of that. I was a part of that absolute classic regime. <laughs> <laughs> I think the one goal the one I think the I think the January goal might have been was it it wasn't Sam Rass. It was it Sam Rass for a penalty. Out. No, Sam Rass for penalty it was. I think it might have been against Everton or something like that. And then the drought kicked in, my word. <laughs> How do we? How, how's that even a thing? Like, so if you said that now, it's Man City went through that long without scoring. You'd be like, a half, nah. a half, and people are questioning it. Yeah. Oh, I think they've lost their bottle. You can see they've lost all their composure. That <laughs> they, they, they're not the same anymore. Sergio's not scored this half. This is a big, big problem. This is a crisis. Get him out. Get yeah, on. Jim exactly. He's, 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 he's overrated. Get him out. But all that anyway links to something which um, I think I've said this to you before, but I've said it to a lot of other people when I talk about you, is that. You're the only keeper I've ever had a mental block against. You and you only. Because <laughs> obviously you're very mouthy. And I always Got remember mouth, we'd be mate. doing shooting sessions and you'd be saying, I know where you're going. I'm going to do this. <laughs> and it got to a point where anything that I did was getting saved. I could strike it as pure as anything, get saved. I'd like scuff one thinking I've sent you the wrong way, get saved. I couldn't do it. The only time in my career where literally I couldn't kick a ball towards goal. And it's because of you, and you're supposed to be my friend. I still enjoy those moments. That 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 is what I get out of shooting because at the end of the day, shooting is there for us to just get pummeled. So I just think, no, <laughs> you know, you know what? That's top I'm class. Flip this. You know, that's, that's top class. Like I miss those days, seeing like you and Casper and are like always being there after training. You know, trying to have that competition, that sort of edge with the attackers and all that stuff. I, I love all that. Yeah. But then it also leads into how you're a really confident guy. And you think you always, I don't know if it's, it might be bravado, but from the outside, you'll come across as being really, really confident. But whenever I was playing with it, it helped because I always knew that if I was beaten, there's someone behind me who's very good at their job, who also believed in themselves. And that, like, that makes such a 
big difference within a game, if you know what I mean? I, I've always, from people that I've been close with, that I've played with, I've, I've always had that feedback. But I, and I, that's probably the the most pleasing thing that I can get out of from anyone. Do you know what I mean? Because that's that's my peers, that's my people that I work with. But I think I walk on that football field and I'm just having a great time. Yeah. And I, obviously, I know I can play. I know I can do it. I know I'm going to try. I mean, I know I'm going to give everything. I'm going to give every, you know, every part of my body, every part of my concentration, every part of me to save it. So I wouldn't say it's a confidence as in I think I'm amazing, but it's a confidence in I'm going to do everything I can. And if I can't do it, then well, that's just I just can't. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I honestly believe from having known you for the years that I've known you now, like as a human being, I think you're really honest. You're a good person. You're hardworking. But then even from the football side, like you've just said there, you know, you, you love the game. Like you really love the game, probably more so than most of the people I've ever played with. But how do you reckon you're perceived from the outside? Do you think it's perceived the way that you perceive the way that you should be? Or do you think it's sort of gone a different way? No, I, I definitely feel like, um, well, you know what it's like. With success becomes an awful lot of um, scrutiny and misreading of situations. Um, you know, I, I remember being 14, 15, training with Shrewsbury Town um, in the Easter holidays coming in, training with the first team and just being like, Joe, you, you need to stay out and do this. Absolutely buzzing, rolling around, covered in mud. Would still do the same now. <laughs> that is... When you're young and no one and no one thinks anything of you, that's a great attitude. That's you know good positivity. Um, a lot of balls for a young guy. When that's a successful person doing exactly the same thing, that's arrogant. That's ignorant. That's someone who doesn't you know someone who you know he's got too much too much self confidence. Yeah. Blah blah blah. But which 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 hurts because you because there's literally no no hidden agenda to what I do. But at the same time especially now I'm older, it's like, I know what I'm doing. You know, yeah. if people don't like it, who don't know me, that's up to them. You know, good for them. Yeah. If they can, you probably put them on the spot and ask them to give a good reason. They wouldn't be able to. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's, that's the... He's a, the... He's a dickhead who did a shampoo advert. He's the best I'm going to get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but your hair is spectacular though for many years off the back of that. Do you know, exactly. it's, it's so true what you say and I always find it hard like to describe to people sometimes how what you people think that what people believe in isn't necessarily the truth because what they believe in isn't based on anything factual. It's just based on something which might've been said by someone else purely based on a rogue opinion based on one thing. Like I've, when I was younger, I was playing in this, in the second team or the reserves or whatever. And I remember my friend, my agent telling me, you know, take this seriously, you know, your body language is this. So I could play well in the game, but if you, if you come across as it's like too easy, they say, Oh, you've got weak mentality. And there were players who were a bit older who'd be signed off playing in the second team based on how they warmed up in a game. Like a scout would literally yeah. come to watch them warm up in a game and say, yeah, he's he's given off the right energy. That's that's enough. And you think like, what? You know, <laughs> like there's so many there's so many players who have a false um, false image, in my opinion. You know, we know behind the scenes, there's so many things which we can't say which I would love to yeah. be able to say, especially on the mic and whatever, but you can't say it. <laughs> but a lot of people thrive off people like us not saying what's actually going on. And that's yeah. that's so hard. That's such a hard thing to cope with. And it's not so, and it's something which I definitely won't miss when I eventually leave the game. Get what I mean? I think that I think though that I think that comes with an inner piece of like you you've always been the same like your facial expression unless you're having a laugh, your facial expression isn't changing. Yeah. So you're super professional, super focused, super calm. And the super calm can come across as like not being interested. You know, you've got the same poker face, whether Zlatan's jumping in your face or whether you've just you've just scored that goal. Hey, you know watch your mean? mouth, you watch your mouth. Less that. <laughs> You're not supposed to plug him on this podcast, mate. Forget about it. <laughs> that was that certainly wasn't a plug. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. I dig what you're saying. But that's your but the, you know, you you're obviously aware, you're an intelligent guy, you're aware of how you can manipulate situations to the people who don't whose opinions are important but aren't you know, they don't Yeah. They don't define our footballing career. Yeah. So it's up to you whether you want to do it. And I think the fact that we're both very comfortable in the fact that, you know, however it's gonna come like any any player who's played with you or any manager who's managed you will have nothing but glowing things to say. And I'd like to think the same thing about me. They might not think I'm very good, but they'll the way I go about my business. Yeah. So 
whether someone in the crowd who's seen me smirk when someone's called me a silly name or whatever thinks oh he's arrogant then you know that's that's up to them that doesn't really bother me yeah i see that and it's it's valid i think everything you've said there is, is perfectly clear but say from the confidence standpoint for you and this is to a certain extent from me as well because i was never on the outside i was never as confident as say you would be but i, would, I was always very confident of my own ability but i remember the point when the very first person started to lose confidence in me even though nothing had changed which was Mancini and I really struggled with that at the time because yeah. I was now surrounded by the same players who I was playing with before but all of a sudden I'm being told I'm not as good as these same players and I really struggled trying to figure out what was going on like when things started to slightly turn for you in a negative way like how did you really feel how did you cope with that I found it I found it very tough but my my immediate thought was um it was like okay, if it's if it's not good enough for you, I know it's it's plenty good enough for a lot of people. So that's your loss, especially with like obviously mine was a, I had it very early with Mark Hughes, but that wasn't obviously as um it wasn't as big a talking point then, but it was still big to me because that was um, you know I'd done I'd done well under Sven, um you know was was enjoying playing for the twenty ones. He came in and it, I just knew I, I asked the question every day. I was like, listen, I don't even remember Kevin Hitchcock. He was a goalie coach, had a good relationship. So I, I know what's going on. I know I'm young, but like I, I understand. You just need to tell me what's going on. No, 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 no. But then Man, Man City are linked with everyone. Yeah. Um, my, mine was just head down and get on with it. But I've just, I've always believed that I'm going to go again. If they don't like it, then I'm going to go again. Yeah, I, that's it's credit to you for that because it's so hard sometimes. And I think that mental aspect of the game is one which is very much kept silent or people just choose not to care about because I feel like as men talking about your emotions is is one thing which people will just laugh at anyway but talking about your emotions within the game of football where people get paid is one where who do you even have the conversation with because you're essentially just turning into a laughing stock even though it's a serious matter and it's you know it's a career it's a career thing do you get, do you get what I'm saying no I get you and, it, and it's tough um, I, I know you'll appreciate this especially when you're um, quite important in your family with your role yeah you know, you, you almost, you have to kind of play at a different, no matter how you're feeling, you're, you're very, it's very important that you set the right tone, that you've set the right image, because so many people care so much about you. So many people care and like straight away, I'd imagine all your family want to, you know, Mancini's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And like, I, I have to manage that. And, I, and you're probably the same. You probably end up defending people who yeah. have wronged you because right, you need yeah. to keep the situation calm. Yeah, that's right. And it, but you do you do need a release. You need you need someone in who you can be like. Like I, I've only found that over recent years when I can come home. You know, my career's not been brilliant the last couple of years. It's not hit the heights, and I can go. Do you know what? I'm, I'm sad. Like this is this is hurting me. Yeah. And I'm lucky at home. You know, I've got someone who understands that. That's not me saying that's it. You know, I'm going to go off the rails. I'm just like I just need a day just to be a little bit down. Yeah. And then I'm I'm going to be okay. But sports psychologists came into my life four or five years ago, Jamie Edwards, who I'm, I'm very close with now, um, more of a friend rather than someone that I work with. But I found that really helped. And that helped me everywhere. It helped me, you know, I realized that I had a situation with my, with my own dad because happening with, what was happening with me was really hurting him. Yeah. And then we lost, we lost the ability to communicate because he didn't know how to talk to me and I was, I was getting frustrated with even talking about it and you know I felt like I was being interviewed when I was speaking to him rather than just having that relationship and yeah it it, it helped me manage all those all those kind of situations where I'd be talking to people close to me and almost dreading the conversation because like I said before I'd be I'd end up having to defend someone that I was angry with and you know play the the peacekeeper and everything and it was me that was going through it yeah for sure I think with with all that as well I th- it pays to have a conversation with someone that can understand and empathize with the situation. But unfortunately, I think the way that locker rooms were back then, maybe not the same now, but people weren't willing to have those conversations with you. Like on a day-to-day basis, say, think about it like in terms of a relationship that you have with somebody. People might ask you about the relationship and you'll talk about the highs, you'll talk about the lows, but it's all the other stuff in the middle, which makes up the majority of it, which is what keeps you together. (laughs) Do you get what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. you can only talk about those things with your partner. So from the outside, it seems like it's either up or down. But the, to say yeah. 
fine is fine. But like I say, when you're in your career, some of the things like if I was upset by not being selected for a certain team on a particular day, I could go home and talk about it. And to be fair to my wife, Lucy, she she kind of gets it because I've said it before. But deep down, she doesn't fully get it because of the fact she's not seen it. And she can't quite yeah. get the gravity of it, but she knows it affects me. So as a consequence, she will treat me differently based around that, which is a good thing that, you know, if you if I was coming home and say I didn't have my kids, didn't have my wife, and they didn't understand what was going on, they're only concerned about, oh, why are you not playing? Why is it not this? Why is it not that? Sometimes you don't want to yeah. you don't want to get home and someone ask why you're not playing. You might want to yeah. just ask, like, are you, are you okay? And you'd be like, yeah, no, so-so. And you have your moment. And then you move on, especially, yeah. especially when you have kids. Like, you know, you having two, me having 65 kids, like, Makes a big, <laughs> you know, it makes a big difference, doesn't it? Like that's my my career changed from that point. I lost, yeah, obviously lost my mom in uh, lost my mom seven years ago to cancer. But having the children come two years after, you walk in through the door and they don't know about anything that's happened, so they don't approach you like, "Oh, daddy's looking a bit sensitive today because he scored an own goal or something." It's like, "No, ah, oh, daddy, daddy, daddy." Yeah. It's, what a feeling? Yeah, man. it's a different. It's a different kind of carnage, and it's it's one that's just there's, well, there's there's literally no better feeling, and there's been some good feelings thus far. Yeah, speaking of no better feelings, so to talk with your confidence as well, one thing about you is that you like to take penalties, and yeah, what's a bigger rush for you, knowing that you get to take one or getting the chance to save one? Take one. Do you know what? I knew you were going to say that. You're not wide right, you know. You're not a normal human being. <laughs> Like that whole pressure situation. I spoke to Micah on the podcast uh, a couple of episodes ago, and we, we shared the story. Uh, I think you know this story uh, when we were in Sweden for the 21 Championships and uh, yeah. the game against Sweden. Micah was number nine, and I was number 10 because we were down to the 10 <laughs> men. And he was asking me to swap, like, because he was feeling the I was pressure. Number two, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, <laughs> You you literally live for the limelight and it's so annoying because I wish I had that tendency because I'd be slapping in penalties right, left and centre but lo and behold, oh yeah, the only keeper that's desperate to take a penalty. I don't even get it. But that is, but that is, that is me just being a little kid, mate. I do walk on the football field and whether that's good or bad or indifferent, like I'm just having a great time and just, I'd, love to score, I'd love to be a, a good striker like that's all i'd love to be I'm, I'm in goal because i'm not a good enough striker simple as that yeah i now love the the art of goalkeeping and i see a whole different side to it but to score yeah it's a dream listen I, i'm desperate to score but i'm on like a two-year goal drought at the minute so times aren't <laughs> great for me paul do you know so speaking of goals and all that my mental block which i mentioned before has gone right yeah i'll just right. say it's gone so before we move on to the next segment i just want you to know one thing I still believe that I can score against you and I've promised myself that I will score against you before I step away from the game. And right now I've got a year left in the MLS. So right. you can't hide from me forever. So I'll have to come over then, I? <laughs> Listen, you come over and when you do, make sure you're ready because if it happens, it's not just going to be one. I'm going to get right in your face, Paul. Just, if you beat me fair and square, there'll be nothing. There's but, nothing. Uh, it doesn't matter about fair and square, pal. If I beat you, yeah, but, it doesn't matter no, about fair and square. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Do they have VAR over there? Yes, and they use it well. But it doesn't oh, matter good. about doesn't matter about fair and square. Just know that yeah, I'm going to be coming you're for freak, you. You're freakishly strong, mate. So you could technically <laughs> just throw me out of goal and score. Listen, so that's not, <laughs> that's not fair. Honestly, obviously, you know, you're at, uh, you're at Burnley and whatever. But if you do get the chance to come over, I'd love to see. I'd love to see, you and I'd love to score against you. And I'd be so happy. That would. I might retire in that moment. I don't think there's anything more to be gained. That'd I be think the... you'd retire and I'd retire at the exact moment. Yeah, literally, just shake hands and walk off. Say, yeah, yeah cheers, guys. That's that's enough. So, yeah. to have some fun now, anyway. But let's talk about some yeah. favourites of yours, yeah? I've not okay. prepped you for any of these questions because I wanted you to try and think about it and just say the first thing that comes to your head, basically. Okay. So, we're talking favourites. What would you yeah. say your favourite season so far has been? Um, the season that we won the FA Cup, so 10-11. And why was that? Because it was just a, it was just a dream to win Got, the FA, qualify, to, win. to win the FA Cup was just like like I, I I honestly had no expectations growing up as a as a young young footballer, no expectations because not because I didn't believe I just didn't even consider playing for England. I didn't consider um, it was that was also the season that I kind of took over as as the England number one at the time after the World Cup. 
it was just like, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> and then, and, then, and then, we, then we beat Man United in the semi-final. Then we won the FA Cup. Then we qualified for the Champions League. It was just like, what is going on? Yeah, that's incredible. So would you say that's the FA Cup Finals your favourite game then with your career? Uh, my favourite game, I think, would probably be the semi-final because we beat Manchester United, who were just, well, we all know how dominant they were. We all know how much of a grip they held over Manchester City, how we were kind of like coming up a bit of a laughing stock to them, you know, with no trophies, no yeah. nothing, just an awful lot of money and hype. So, so the part, I enjoyed that one. So the part three to that then, does that mean that the FA Cup was your favourite trophy? Your first one? No. Ooh, uh, the, switch up. The league. Well, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Listen, there are no wrong answers here. This is just you being no, yourself. No, no, no. No, because I was just... I, was just presu- I just went to default talking about... The, obviously, the, the first Premier League we won was a special how it all went down. But just to win a major trophy from... You know, like making my debut against Gravesend, Gravesend, which we talked about. That's like, that's Gravesend and Ebbsfleet, by the way. Who are just sorry, known as, sorry. Just known as Ebbsfleet now. Just don't want to misrepresent oh, oh, really? Yeah, I believe that's correct, yeah. Shout out to Ebbsfleet. But yeah, from that to, to that, and, you know, being a star and a main player in that team was just phenomenal. Um, what's your favourite stadium to play in apart from the ones you've called home? So, that, so I'm going to have to uh, rule out Wembley there. Right, okay. It, it's going to be... It's a flip-up between the two top Spanish ones, the Bernabeu and the, the Camp Nou. Oh, look at this guy. Just drop it. Oh, you know, the Bernabeu. You know that one. Oh, Camp Nou. Yes. Must be nice, pal. Must be real nice. The, <laughs> they are nice. <laughs> and Yeah, they're very nice. Do you remember the game we played in, I think it was 2010 Mark Hughes, when we played uh, the last preseason game there, even though our season had started at Camp at Yeah, I, I didn't go to that. Did you not? I didn't go to that. No, I didn't. Go. I think I think that was my that was my Blackburn year. Uh, sorry, Blackburn, um, Birmingham year. Right. We um. So we won one nil. I think Craig, Craig Bellamy scored in the first half. Yeah. The second half, I was playing right back. I did not even reach the halfway line for forty five minutes. <laughs> it's, it's so embarrassing. Like we were holding the trophy up after the thing because it was like some exhibition trophy thing. It was so embarrassing. I was like, well, what have we done here? We've we're like we've ruined football. Really, really <laughs> ruined it. Hey, you find a way, mate. Who uh, of all the managers you've had? Who do you reckon your favourite is? Not the best, your favourite. Um, my favourite would be Ooh. Sven. Do you know what? I thought about Sven as well because he was a real players like players coach. If you're wasn't telling he? me ask, asking me for a favourite as in a person, I thought Sven was a beautiful person. Yeah. Thought he was a really really good man. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree. For for me, I'd go. Is either him or Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, because when Hasselbank yeah. when I had him at QPR, he was only there for like a year or so, but I really got him and really understood him, and I almost felt like he was like a, an uncle or something. Like he just, yeah. I just got him, and I just straight away he was incredible. Because looking back, I used to watch him on TV and all this stuff, and he was a bit of an icon to me. Then he came and yeah. he had a great personality, and he really liked me. I was like, oh, this is this is pretty cool. Like this is a lot of fun. <laughs> And then, literally a year later, he'd, he'd moved on, which was a shame. But I still speak to him now. I think he's he's a legit fella. Yeah. Yeah. So, of all the awards and stuff that you've won, um, what would you say if you had to just describe it to people? What do you think is required to f- create a successful team? Like, obviously, you need things like luck along the way. But what do you reckon makes a team successful? Um, competition. For places, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Competition for everything. Competition for, for e- yeah, literally everything. Every day, um, for everything that you're involved in, five aside, you know what it's like. Uh, th- there's your little, there's your little cliques in the gym who want to be the strongest. There's the people who want to come across as the coolest. Like competition, just competition. And you need a balanced core. You need. You need lots of flair. You need rogues. You need you need you need every single personality, but you also need a strong core. In you need four or five rock solid guys. Who who would they? Who would you say they've been for the years that when you were winning things? Who would that core be? Do you reckon? Uh, so someone like Big Vinny. He's he's obviously very important for whatever he brings. He brings an awful lot. Ah, uh, for sure. Um, then you need. 
someone I think people who look up to in a totally different way, like a Gareth Barry, cool as a cucumber, gets goes in. Gareth Barry and a David Silver are very similar personalities. They don't say anything, they just do it. They do but really well, time, really well, relentlessly, don't they? But at the same time, you wouldn't like neither of them you'd mess with either. Not as in like you'd be afraid of them, but like they certainly wouldn't just let anyone walk all over them. They'd ha- they'd have a point to make if they were unhappy. Yeah, yeah, that's a good uh, comparison. Not many people would have thought that, to be honest. No, I, I I just feel like they're very similar players in terms of consistency and and how they behave. Yeah, that's that's the, I think consistency is, is a big thing which kind of gets neglected from the outside and even within the game as well because some people have this potential to be really great. But then if you've also got the potential to be really poor on a day-to-day basis as well, then what is your real benefit? Whereas those yeah. guys that you're mentioning, it wasn't just about doing well on a Saturday. This was Monday through to Saturday. They were like the top of the top. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and they were neither emotionally affected either. Yeah. Neither in the slightest. Yeah, that's just the last thing you want to be playing against, just a stone-faced killer, like day-to-day, week-to-week. You don't want that. They're they're terrifying. They're the worst type of human. Can't affect them. Like all the cliche stuff back in the day, like, oh, getting a big tackle on them early, blah, blah, blah. These days, you do it, and someone just looks at you, and like, they're inspired. Like, oh, no. What what have I done here? What have I done here? So, like I mentioned back in the day, you know, the game's obviously changed across the years. There's There's a big push for younger players i would say because i'm I'm finding that a lot of people our age and maybe just a little bit younger they're struggling to find clubs that they probably deserve because now it's not doesn't feel like it's what you no one really cares about what you've done they more so care about what you can do in two three four five years so people are really heavily investing in that because there's more money available and the games change as well tactically you know it wasn't the case back in the day not everyone would want to play whereas now it seems like more teams are trying to do so not every team but more teams are trying to do so yeah so with you being in goal what type of character or play would do you like to see in front of you because what you answer might be different to what is actually what people actually look for now and are willing to pay for now but what do you like to see in front of you i i want my ideal uh, kind of front four, three or five, whatever it is, I just want honesty in that group. Um, people who are willing to accept that they're defenders because, you know, I understand the modern game is about flair and playing out, but, you know, the, the bones of it are I need to save it and you need to be able to defend it. You know, I'm only there if, if, if you're not, if the defence doesn't work, if you like. Yeah. Um, and... Making making the right decisions, um, not being not being affected by the fact that how the, the game has changed and is changing, and I do, and I do enjoy a good a good team playing out. I even believe it or not, I, I enjoy being a part of playing a team that plays out. Yeah, but yeah. I want them to I want them to play out for the right reasons. I need headstrong people who are playing the game to win the game, not to win plaudits or to try and do things the right way. I want them to do them the right way for that moment in that time and be able to read that situation. Do you know, I'm with you 100%, but I also think that the game has moved to a place where I don't even know if that's ever going to come back. Just I don't either. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like that's an interest anymore. Like, back in the day, the people that I used to love would be like Richard Dunn, Sylvain Distans, and so on. And they could all play, but the one yep. thing they would do would stop the ball going in their goal by any means necessary. Like, the same with, like, Vincent. When Vincent Company first came... He's like he's very good on the he was very good on the ball like he was he came as a midfielder like when the year before when I saw him in Hamburg he was actually playing the number ten with Raphael van der Vaart would believe it or not but that was a thing but then by the time he's done at City he's the toughest defender there and he's doing yep. everything he can to stop the ball going into his net and look how big a hole the club technically have now that he's not there anymore because they're they're missing that they have ball players. And they're very good and, you know, they fit within the system. But at some point, I feel like you just need somebody who is the rock. You get what I mean? Yeah, you, you, need, you need to set, you almost need to set, um, send a message. You need messages being sent early in the game. You need to get a feel to the game that is solid before you can have any kind of the fun. You need to earn the right to play. Yeah. Um, and that, that's the tone that's set from the back, in my opinion. Yeah, and I remember with uh, Vincent as well. He was just that guy, that stone face killer. He did not give a single F-bomb about anything. Like, it doesn't matter who he was playing against. He would kick them up in the air. It could be the greatest. Like, Jesus himself could be playing on the field. And I, I would guarantee to anyone that he would be kicking lumps out of them for 90 minutes straight. 
90 if Jesus minutes. tried to step over on him more than 30 yards from the goal, he'd get scissored. Oh, 1,000%. Nothing. <laughs> that's, that, that is what sums him up in a nutshell. Like, even divine intervention wouldn't help this man himself. Like, he no. will find a way to stop it. And that's that's the type of defender that I want to be, the type of defender that I look up to. Like, as I say, I enjoy all the playing bits and it's cool and so on, like people scoring goals. But when it comes down to it, a defender's there to defend. And if you can't really totally defend, great. then like, what are you doing back there? just seems a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. um, Cause, from, causing trouble for the guys yeah, that want to defend. Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. From, um, so obviously, well, not obviously, this podcast has is about music, it's about, it's about sport. And from a music standpoint, obviously when we were younger, I used to provide you with a lot of music. I've, yeah. pro- I've probably given you one or two or maybe three iPods across a few years and stacked them up. You know, <laughs> that was good, a standard move. Exactly, Buy it, give it to you. Exactly. Oh, gee, oh, oh, I've got this new iPod. <laughs> Japans have any music you could possibly give me? Oh, yeah, of course, Joe. Yeah, nothing would make me happier than to sit in front of my computer for a few hours and yeah, put honestly, music on it. Honestly, I'm, I'm only expecting like five, just put five or six tunes on. I know that's all you're going to do. <laughs> you, get, you get an iPod that can hold 10,000 songs. But like, oh, just, no, just, no, just a couple of playlists. Just a couple of playlists. <laughs> yeah, all right, Paul. Well, those days are obviously gone now. But what, yeah. what are you listening to at the moment? Like, what are you pushing? Who are you, who are you saying is worth listening to? Who am I pushing? I'm really, believe it or not, I'm, I'm really enjoying the UK grime scene. Ooh. I absolutely love it. Okay, okay. Absolutely love it. I feel like it's gone a bit too far. I feel like any man can be involved in it and some of it's not the highest of quality. Okay. But um, I I've see been that. a Stormzy fan for years. Yeah, Stormzy. Years and years and years. He's legit, yeah. I see what you're saying about the anyone can do it because, because it's become mainstream in some yeah. ways like it's almost become diluted as well so you have the people who can do it really really well but then you have everyone now that can hear the sound and it can just try and copy it and if you yeah. essentially have the formula to create a song that sounds like the thing that's in you don't need to be good at anything else as long as that's the sound that's coming forward yeah i i i'm really enjoying the lyrics though i i really enjoy dave i think he's he makes me smile how about uh, um, kano have you got the new kano I've not gone into the new Kano oh, yet because I'm, hold, I'm holding mate. off till I watch Top Boy yet. Mate, I'm off it's, not, watch it's Top not Boy. even it's not even related. Well, it might be related, but it's not related like that. Just do yourself a favor, and before you game tomorrow, just have a listen to that because it's for grown men. That's a grown man's yeah. album. Yeah, Kano for as much as he was younger and doing his grime thing back in the day. This has got this has got bits of grime on, but it's for real men, and it well not real men. It's for adults. I recommend it. Fully, fully recommend it. Yeah. So, uh, Jolien, he's he's on in, he's on quite soon, but he's on a Friday, so I can't go. All right, okay. So, obviously, I've kept you for a long time now. I apologize, but you know this Don't is this is the highlight of your day so far. So I've only got <laughs> exactly. I've only got a couple more questions, and then I'll just say thank you. Um, who? So you've played for Man City and played for Man yep. City at the point whereby the traje- trajectory just went through the roof. They started off, or we started off as like a really we were a big football club, but a poor football team. And now it's yeah. a massive football club and it's a billion pound football team. Yeah. yeah. So with all yeah. the people that you've played, you played with there and you can relate to, to, you know, you can talk about Birmingham, talk about Burnley, whatever. Who are the three best players that you've played with? Wow. You feel free um, to drop any names you want. You can just, you can just soundboard, say names and you might, you don't have to stick with them, but just like, just say this guy, that guy, whatever. Right, so David's in there. David Silva. For, in there. David Silva yeah. for anyone that doesn't know David, because you know. Sorry, yeah. The name is Sorry, David. that was a bit. Yeah. That was a bit blase. Yeah. David Silva. Right, I get it. You know Conigu- him, David. All right, well done, Paul. <laughs> Conaguero. <laughs> Why those two to begin with? Because they, they were just they're just relentless, relentless top quality. Con because he's one of the. I, I when I talk to my goalkeeper friends. And I just I like talking goalkeeping, the art of goalkeeping, and putting pressures on strikers, and how a lot of strikers are going to do what they're going to do regardless of how you are as a goalkeeper. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't just put his head down and hit it. He feels, senses every situation. If you go down early, he flicks it over you. If you stand up, he just puts it past you. If you leave a big gap in you, I don't even think he knows he's doing it. I really don't think it's just him. That's just his instinct of how he does things. Subconscious. Because I've seen him. 
I've seen him roll out with, with without his laces tied. I've seen him roll out with zero zero interest in what's going on and just be the be the man that makes the difference. Yeah, that's 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 not bad. And how about how about Mr. Silver as well then? What the wizards just came over, I had no idea who what I didn't really know much about outside of England football. Twenty five million, tiny, slow, <laughs> solely solely left footed. Sounds like a good signing Did, from the get go. Didn't even know his position. Could barely see out of his hair. It was over his eyes. And I was like, nah. <laughs> Don't even know. This guy, he seems a lovely guy. Doesn't speak any English. Little did I know he spoke very good. He was just a very quiet man. Mm-hmm. And he, di- he didn't take off straight away, but just consistency levels through the roof. Quality through the roof. Yeah. Just, just, just an all-round amazing player. Um yeah. Someone that I don't think anyone could ever have anything back. There's literally not one negative to him other than he's small. Well, he's, he's, prob- but, he's probably too humble. That's what I'd say. He's too humble. For how successful he is now, great. He's too humble. And do you know what I, do you know what I learned, loved about him through the years? He, wouldn't, he could give an assist, score a goal, have an amazing game. But if he walloped someone or if he won a header, he couldn't tell you enough about it. He couldn't ask you enough. He couldn't show you enough. Like he, had, he genuinely had no interest in the good stuff. He just loved that's the fact brilliant. that every now and again, every now and again, he whacked someone. That's brilliant. I didn't, I didn't even know that. That is, that's exceptional. That's, I think I love him a bit more for that. So who's player three? Who's player three then? You said I could soundboard. Yeah. So, there's, so Stephen Gerrard, okay. Wayne Rooney, and Vincent Company. Pick one though. Pick one. Those that, well, Kun and David aren't definitely in it. I'm, I'm oh, fine. sorry, you soundboarded I'm, I'm, them, dearie me. Yeah, you, you have played with some people, haven't you? Yeah. Wow. They're really good. They're really good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you pick those five then. I'll let you pick five yeah. instead of three because they are like they're next level. They're generational talents and game changers yeah. to the highest highest degree. So I, I will say, Mr. Joe Hart, that's like. To be able to say you've played with David Silva, Sergio Guerrero, Steven Gerrard, Wayne Rooney. And did you say anyone else? And Vincent Company. Big Vinny. Big Vinny. How can I forget Big Vinny? That's um Yeah, that's some that's some going. Fair play to you, man. Fair play to you. Because back because <laughs> back in the day, you know, when you look at when you were playing against Gravesend and Ebbsfleet, yeah. I think you know, saying that you'd be playing with those for a few years isn't something that uh, probably many people saw coming. And last one, last question: being a goalkeeper, yeah, and you've faced so many shots, so many different players, played in the top level, played at world stage, played at European stage, and so on. Who, if in the last minute of a game, it's say your team's winning or it's like it's a draw, someone gets played through one on one, who is the last person you want to see running at you trying to score against you? Trying to score against me. Trying to score last against minute. You. The last, yeah, the last minute, like the last moment. Who is the last person on this earth you want to see come up against you, based on experience and just watching the game? Just from watching the game. Just like you might not have necessarily played against them, but you you've seen something that they have. Lionel Messi. Are you talking like prime time Lionel Messi, like prime prime time, or just any time Lionel Messi? Any time. And why is that? Because he's the coolest, coolest customer I've ever seen, and he's the best player that I've ever played against. Yeah, I remember with him back in the day. He, so we had. Um, do you remember we had Rolando Bianchi and um, I yeah, forget, Bernardo Carradi. Bernardo Carradi. So they were good players, but I was remembering shooting. They always used to kick the ball as hard as possible every single time, and then yeah. Robinho came and he would just put the ball in the goal. Robinho and Alano, they would just put the ball yeah. in the goal. Didn't matter how it happened, and then yeah. off them, Messi came along. And I used to watch him and think, oh my God, he's treating finishing like a passing drill. Like it's the yeah. easiest thing in the world. And then I wondered like, why do people just lash at everything when you could literally just place the ball there and then walk off and just be like, yeah, go team. Yeah, he's he's that guy. Yeah, he's he's the truth. But with that, As, go on. In prime time, when he chipped... Um, oh, and he flicked it, over, man, man flicked man it over him and then volleyed yeah. it. Yeah. That's the I best. like this. Yeah, that's taking the piss. That's probably top five moments of my life. That sitting down and watching <laughs> happening, that's staggering. And then considering I've got three kids and I've been married, like that's on a par with those <laughs> things. Like that's that was incredible. 
That was incredible. I, I hate to say it because he's, he's, he's probably a friend of the show, but when um, Jerome Botang got kind of oh, his, his shoelaces tied together and then God. he finished Neuer, oh, that, God. Yeah. that's phenomenal football. That's still getting meme now and gift off and all that stuff of him just falling to I'd be, like... I'd be... I'd be proud to be Botang. No, 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 no. See, this is the thing as a goalkeeper. You're not proud to do that. As a defender, you know every time like you're involved in anything, you could be a highlight reel. At any given moment, you could be a highlight reel. And that is wrong. Hang on, hang on. At least in that highlight reel, you're only you're getting beat and then a goalie gets beat. Imagine one just trickling through your legs. Well, well. Taking a swipe. Well, well. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Well, I don't, well, basically the whole point. I've started of, a few in my time. Listen, I've started, I, the, I've one started that, a few. the one that gets me is like when, oh, sorry, it's a lie. There were two occasions, actually. There was one where I got left in the corner against Lamana, Trezor, Luar, Luar. Um, yeah. when he was at Portsmouth and I ran across there and no one came to support me but I didn't know what was about to happen he did this little drag <laughs> nutmeg thing in the corner and I made three Christmas DVDs back to back to back that was disgusting <laughs> and I used to watch those DVDs as well and be like, oh, look, let's look at the showboat reel then all of a sudden I was just there my head and I was like ah this is oh, um, a, this is not what a feeling. Yeah, it's it's not great, and you wonder why we do it. But you know, we've all started up front and tried to score goals. But before you know it, you realise that you can't hit a barn door with a manager. Yeah. So back up. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, exactly. Joe, I want to say thank you very much for speaking to me, speaking to the listeners, and it's good to hear you talk in a way that's not just an interview and just be yourself. And I hope people get to understand what you really like as a person, because I think you're a lovely guy. I might, be, I might be wrong, pleasure. but I think you're a lovely guy. So thank I you can be much. sometimes. Yeah. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, I, I, I need that favor returned with Gloved. With my own yeah, of course, yeah. Podcast. 1,000%. Yeah. So where can, where can people listen to Gloved? Gloved is on YouTube. Um, it's also to be checked out on my Insta, Instagram page. Which is? Um, I don't, is it official? Joe, Joe Hart, Hart official. Oh, yeah. sauce. All right. Cool. There it is. Yeah, you, get, you, get, you get the plugs out there, pal. You get the plugs out there. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, thank you very much and hopefully um, in the not so distant future I'll be slotting shots and stuff past you multiple times within a game that would be a Hello. career highlight same here I look forward to it yeah you can't duck me forever pal cross the <laughs> pond cross the pond good, good speech you right. mate alright man thanks for having me take care man bye cheers well thanks for listening I hope you enjoyed that um, a few more thanks as well I'd like to say thank you to producer Ryan for sitting across from me and saying nothing um I'd like to thank Mountaineer Studios in Draper, Utah, yet, yet again for the incredible space and the opportunity to do this. And thank you to the listeners. Like always, if you have any feedback, the address is digital at rsl.com. And also, from now on, please look out for the, um, for the playlist for the podcast, which can be found at bit.ly forward slash kickbacklist. But for now, that's all, and I'll speak to you soon. <laughs>